Hello, and welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique. And in today's episode, we're going to cover something called emergence. Um, In philosophy, especially in the life sciences, um, it comes up again and again. Now, we're not talking about the emergence of life from the primordial goo, how we crawled out of the goo and um, from fishes and, and were one-celled amoebas and we became these crazy humans, you know, driving 70 miles an hour in a 40-mile zone on the way into work today. Okay, we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is something that is avoided, definitely avoided in the media, definitely avoided uh, everywhere I see in healthcare, and that's the, our emphasis. Um, definitely avoided in everything in diet, weight loss, and fitness. Emergence is a big word, so we're just going to use the word biased. And cognitive dissidence. Oh, those are more big words. That basically means an emergence is pretty close, its definition, that one continues to believe something, one continues to hold on to a set of beliefs, tenets is a good word, a philosophy, but a belief of faith when evidence has been thrown in the way. And if you can't find the evidence, people will go looking for it and actually create a science behind it will make things up that aren't true. I see it in healthcare all the time. You know, it's like, you know, people, let's use like, and I'm not slamming people who do it, hair analysis. There are people out there that will cut a piece of your hair out and look for vitamin, mineral content, you're low on this, low on that. It's a data point. The best way to determine that is to pop a hole in a vein and draw the blood and do the work. Remember, hair's dead. So you're looking at the person years and years later. The hair may have more toxins that, you know, your hair is not a good marker for what your health is. But there's still some clinics, and a lot of them are alternative, that do a lot of hair analysis because it's quick, it's easy. They say it's cheap, cheaper. I don't know, you know, $100 for a full metabolic panel to see where you are, I think is pretty good. Now, saying that, moving forward, there are other things like that where people create a whole science behind some of it. And a lot of it's just based on uh, case studies. There's nothing wrong with case studies, but what would help one or two people may not help 2,000 or 2 million. You know, we call them statistical outliers. So there's a lot of things out there, you know, uh, intermittent fasting, um, you know, plant-based vegan diets. And, you know, I I watched a uh, Netflix um, documentary on plant-based, and I about fell over on how they misquoted some evolutionary science. They skipped some things. They actually skipped... um, a big part on how our gastrointestinal tract works right now inside you. They miss some science, hardcore biology. They just miss the biology of it. And I sat there and I'm like, there's no way. And then, you know, months and months later, everyone's talking about it. You have big time actors and lifters saying, oh, I'm going to eat more vegetarian. And I'm like, you know, do you have a hole in your head? Did common sense leak out? You know, we have incisors in our mouth that's meant for tearing flesh. We've been eating, you know, animal flesh and animal products 
since we crawled out of the trees. We're omnivores. Now, that doesn't mean for an individual to treat a specific condition, health condition they have, symptom, you know, sub, you know, objective signs they have of disease and sickness and illness and dysfunction, that, you know, plant-based is, is uh, the way to go. There's a lot of times that you have to change your diet, and it's more therapy. But I can't tell you how many times people were jumping on board on it. I said, yeah, it's going to work for you because you eat Twinkies and Ho-Hos and Fruit Loops. And your idea of a good rotated diet is between Burger King, Taco Bell, and McDonald's. And that's not to slam those fast foods, but you can't live off of them. So, you know, it, it makes no sense if you're eating fast foods, living off of fast foods and junk, and then you start eating more vegetables, you're, you're, of course you're going to get a little better. There's a lot of people with a lot of illnesses, they don't realize that some of the meats that they're eating are lower quality. So what meats they are getting are bad for them. You know, quality does count. So, you know, a whole science has come behind it. Oh, I found this article, or there's three articles here. When there's thousands of articles on, yeah, we're supposed to eat meat. So, and there's millions and billions, I guess you should say billions, you know, six billion people on this planet. There's billions of case studies showing that people do well eating a certain amount of meat. Or we all be dropping. So you have this emergence, and the word is creation. Creation of science behind something to prove your point. And that's scary. We see it in politics all the time. If they, someone believes that someone did something or said something, and you see it in the law too, they will find evidence, they will create evidence, they will plant evidence so, because they're so invested in their opinion that, you know, the truth be damned, they're going to go forward with it. And that's how we end up with people in jail who weren't even in the zip code where the crime was committed. That's how we, you know, we get drugs out. The pharmaceutical companies do the same thing. You get a drug out and two years later it's being recalled, like Fenfen. It's being recalled because this weight loss drug is ripping the heart valves out of, uh, you know, pretty normal physiological human beings, except they're, you know, 50 pounds overweight. But they want to take a pill or their doctor prescribed the pill and it was injuring them. How did that Fenfen get through all the rigorous FDA trials and get on the market? Because it was research. It's because the research was selected for or, yeah, we're going to print this one, but we're going to put it on the shelf. We're not going to publish this article showing XYZ drug hurts people or doesn't do, is not effective. There's medications and supplements on the market that do nothing, you know, but because they don't hurt you, yeah, they're going to put them in the market. Or maybe they help one or two people and not 2,000. So emergence or the creation of science to validate your point because your point or your belief really is on shaky ground. You know, it, 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 it's not true. And we go through this all the time as we learn more. You know, flat earth theory. You know, the earth isn't flat. You know, we, we go through a lot of things. And I mean, even in the last 10 or 20 years, you know, science has changed. Our understanding of how the immune system has changed. Our understanding of neuroplasticity. I remember when I got out of school, we were told that the brain couldn't heal. This is the 80s. That, you know, you know, you can't re from a stroke or some type of huge brain damage, say from a, a gunshot wound or head injury, it can't heal. Well, it can heal if you stimulate it. It just takes a long time in adults, you know, three to five years. 
And that's, that's the healing of neuroplasticity. In children, it's faster, of course, because that's how they're learning. They're making those, n those nerve cells, those neuron connections, those glial cell connections. In adults, it takes us slower. But I'm telling you, up until like the late 90s, they were telling us you couldn't heal. Well, how's that affect you in healthcare? Well, if someone came into um, a physical therapy clinic for stroke rehab, they had a stroke, a cerebral vascular accident where they, you know, the injured part of their brain. And we've all seen people, we've all had people affected by stroke. They can't move an arm. They have trouble speaking. They, maybe they can't walk. When I worked in a physical therapy clinic in the 1980s, we just tried to get them to use the other side better, more adaptive rehabilitation. Well, you can't use your right side. Let's make your left side stronger and see if we can get you moving around. It took many people, even neurosciences, ha neuroscientists, having their own strokes to tell people, look, you can rehab. Plenty of books out on it, plenty of, of uh, biographical tales of neurosurgeons and neuroscientists who had their own strokes and they rehab themselves. How? Because the brain does heal, but slowly. It takes years. So any of the research that was done in physical therapy and physical medicine on stroke cases, if they didn't follow them up for three to five years and the patient was constantly doing rehabilitation for three to five years, guess what? You didn't see a result. So they were right. Well, you know, you, all your healing is done in six months and you know, as far as you can get and as far as you can improve in six months is all you get. Well, that's because you only gave them six months of therapy and they only did six months of um, daily activity at home and nursing and OT and PT. And you only followed up then. You didn't continue it for, say, five years and then look at the follow up. I have plenty of cases in my own office, people who are in wheelchair that are now walking on their own takes years sometimes if the stroke is bad enough. But you continue and you don't give up. That is change in healthcare. I've seen the change in 30 years. In 30 years, we would have left them in the wheelchair, kept them in a diaper, and put them in the corner with a remote and say, go for it, you know, as they're drooling. Now we don't do that. We treat them as human beings and we get them rehabilitated because the brain does heal. But there was so much science showing that the brain didn't heal. There was all these things saying, absolutely not, it doesn't heal, this is damaged, this is permanent. And then all of a sudden we start studying, oh yeah, maybe the brain does heal. Of course, I always wondered, well, how does an adult learn a new language? You gotta make new neurons, you gotta make new connections. And if you can learn, you know, Russian at age 40 or 50 or 60, you certainly can learn to walk better. It just has to be done daily, just like learning a language, learning a new science, learning a new sport. So. We've always seen that neuroplasticity, but we denied it. And that's part of emergence. That's part of the bias. We create this little world that validates it. I remember when um, my daughter did a project on global warming and the greenhouse effect. He did a, she did a nice project on Roger Revelle, um, the father of global warming from, was it the San Diego Institute? Um, the university out there in the 1950s, late 1950s, he did a lot of documentation, said, look, you know, the CO2 we're putting out these, you know, off our cars, and we have more cars today than we had in the 50s, is causing effect. And he was right. Some of his science was right. But he also missed some things like he's saying the waters were absorbing too much carbon and it was breaking down. And I'm like, well, dude, you forgot about the surface tension equation, the physics of water. You know, there is a buffer. And that buffer is surface tension. 
the same reason a, a drop of coffee on my coffee cup now is slowly running down my coffee cup, but it's a bead. It's beaded. It's not spread out. That is called surface tension, okay? It's called physics, people. But, and he talked about that. And into the 1980s and 90s, he said, look, you know, we, we don't have to panic. There's nothing out there. There's no research I show. This is Roger Revell. There's nothing out there that shows that, you know, we need to, a huge global change. But people had already started running with this, trying to save the earth. It's human nature. You know, they, they need a cause to look at instead of working on their own selves or parenting. They're, they're going to save the world this way and everyone else who, who, who doesn't and doesn't believe it is demonized. That's emergence. They found a lot of science to back it up. You have scientists with five PhDs who were taught by the same PhDs who were stuck in the emergence hole, the bias hole. There's plenty of other research from scientists showing, eh, maybe not. Maybe we go through cycles. Now, just so I don't get 5,000 emails and things, you know, he doesn't believe in the greenhouse and things. I believe being a great manager, a great steward of your environment. You don't pour motor oil out in your backyard. It's ridiculous. I think you should take care of your things. I got five kids at home, and guess what? I make sure they take care of your things. You know, as I always say, when they break something, well, this is why we can't have nice things. You have to take care of things. Well, I'd like to keep this earth, so let's take care of it. It makes no sense to not honor it. And so, you know, that's a philosophical point, and it's bigger than this argument in science. But, you know, when Roger Revelle, to his dying days, was saying, you know, look, you know, we, ha you know, we don't need this big movement. It's not as big as you think. Um, it's not as dire. It's not as dire as you think. And that doesn't matter. Um, they just ran with it. And you have a, a whole series of scientists saying that Roger Rovell was wrong. And he was the father who studied it. And, you know, he knocked over a domino that in, inexplicably has gone down the long while. And no, I'm not going to do a podcast on greenhouse effect and all that. There's some high science there. Again, we should take care of our environment. But all I'm going to say with emergence, everyone found the studies that validated their viewpoint and they would look at the other scientific studies and say, oh, well, that's wrong. That can't be right. And they would have an emotional reaction, not a logical scientific reaction to the studies that didn't validate them to a viewpoint other than their own. And that's why there's people on death row who weren't even the zip code when the crime was done because people wouldn't look and they got so invested in their view. The cool thing about being human, if you were correct, at least 51% of the time, you could take a dollar, go to Vegas, and you'd be a multimillionaire within a year. Why? Because if you won at Vegas at least 51% of the time and lost 49% of the time, statistically, your money would increase at such a rate, end of the month, you'd be a millionaire, multimillionaire. Think about that. Think about that. If you won 51% of every, you know, time you pulled the one-arm jack down, 51% of all the poker you played, you'd be making lots of money over time, over time. The 1% one, the 1 margin would take time, but, you know, that's how it works. So as humans, we're at least incorrect 51% of the time, or everyone would be in Vegas. So if we know that we're wrong because our three pounds of jelly called our brain floating in Gatorade, cerebral spinal fluid, our three pounds of jelly floating in, in our brain case cannot observe enough 
interpret enough. So and it filters out way too much information, even information right in front of our faces, in front of our eyes, that we cannot assess things completely unbiased. We're all biased. We all have our beliefs. And we will only look for things that validate us. We have three pounds of jelly in our head called our brain that runs efficiently. It likes to be efficient use of neurotransmitters. It, it runs on efficient use of energy and ATP. That's our energy molecule. And our brain had created something called the mind. It's a construct. And the mind is lo looking for continuity. So your brain, most of the time, with the creation of the mind, will be looking for things that validate your own viewpoint. And that's how magicians work. That's how a magician can, you know, slide a trick. Oh, he's got the cards in that hand. He's got the quarter in that hand. And you make yourself believe it, even though your eyes, your sensory organs, those structures saw the, the quarter go into the other hand, your brain said, no, it didn't. Told your mind, we're looking for continuity. Guess what? You saw continuity. That's not, if you had a video camera and slowed it down, you would see something different. So that's the amazing thing. Be careful with emergence. Be careful with bias. What's that mean for healthcare? Well, if you go to a chiropractor, he's always looking for a chiropractic condition. If you're looking for a podiatrist, sometimes they're always looking for podiatry. Dentists, the same thing. I remember going to three dentists and they all gave me a different diagnosis. And I'm not slamming the dental profession, but they all had a different view. I remember um, looking for an orthopedic surgeon that would allow me to lift heavy weights after, you know, shattering my shoulder back in May. Found a guy who put six calcium screws in and I'm going to be good as new in about six months. I didn't want the metal because I wanted to use heavy weights again, the metal screws. So you had to keep going. Someone's viewpoint. Um, being a chiropractor for almost 30 years, I've had a lot of medical doctors, the medical community say, oh, that's quackery, that's this, that's that. I also have a lot of medical doctors and nurses, surgeons, other chiropractors as patients, and they bring their families in too. So it's, it's amazing how they, somebody has one viewpoint, it, and that viewpoint has never been researched. That's emergence. That's emergence. It's, it's you will create science you will create points of belief. You will find validation to keep your viewpoint going. So what's that mean for me, Fred, when I'm looking for healthcare? Well, be careful. If you go to Dr. Best, B-E-S-T, and he's everywhere. Well, my doctor's the best. He's the best here. He's the best this, best that. Make sure you do just a little research. Ask people. And I'm not talking looking at their websites and looking that up. Everyone's a little lazy that way. We've all become a little lazy, Okay that we, we're gonna look at a website or validate. No, go, get, go talk to people, find out who are the best. You may wanna ask your GP, your general practitioner doctor or your nurse practitioner midwife, if I was gonna have knee surgery, who would you get it done? Who would you have your son or your daughter have knee surgery, back surgery? What doctor would you go to? Who, is, who would you go to, who do you trust? Do the research. You may have to learn about, is there, ask the question, is there a new procedure? Well, yeah, there is for this back thing. I don't do that one. I've done, you know, 10,000 of these cases. Well, doctor, 
you know, what's your success rate? You know, well, it's pretty good, but you won't go back to lifting. You won't go back to gymnastics. It'll still be sore. Is there anything out there? Yeah, there's these, you know, this procedure, this procedure. My colleague does that. Can I talk to them? Be careful because emergence is bordering, even though we talk about it in the life sciences and we talk about it in biology. Emergence is also very political. Just like I talk about the greenhouse gas effect and they miss the whole equation of surface tension of the water. Um, it was added back later and then it changed things. And also Roger Ravel was watching and paying attention and he was very concerned about global warming and the greenhouse. But he's like, there's, you know, his own words were there's, you know, no reason for hysteria yet. Um but not what I've seen in the media and the newspapers and the news magazines and just talking to people. And I'm like, where did this information come from? You know, yeah, the, the earth is changing, but is it part of our cyclical nature? Is, are we changing the axis of rotation that we go through every 10 to 20,000 years? You know, the, the Sahara used to be completely green and rivers going through it. And then that changed and it wasn't because of cars wasn't because of industrial pollution and it wasn't because of cows um, volcanoes put out way more um, noxious gases just a few of them than we could do as humans in a year um, but that's just facts and so when you're dealing with your own bias or emergence the first thing to uh, a healthy balanced thought to common sense is that you're human you could be wrong about your opinion political, scientific, philosophical, whatever it is, you could be wrong about it. I always talk about perspective when it comes to emergence. Um, there's a man um, who was uh, thought his wife um, was cheating on him, um, was being unfaithful, was going to leave her. She's always on the phone, wouldn't let her, him see the text. He, she was acting funny. She said she was at Walmart. She'd come back with a Target bag. And he was a very quiet introvert, so he didn't want to go crazy. Very well-to-do guy. <sighs> He's like, I just can't believe it. And then he saw her going into, you know, a shopping center, um, into a restaurant, talking to a man. He couldn't see who it was. And then asked her later, where'd you go? Oh, I went to my Bible study with a group of girls. And he knew that that was a lie. That was a mistruth. So he hired a private detective. Private detective found the same thing. She's going here, there. She's met a couple guys. You know, nothing weird about it, but, you know, a few hugs were given. And, but she's not where she's saying she told you she was. He goes and hires a lawyer, writes up the divorce decree. He's going to give her, confront her when he comes home from work. He's tired of it. She's not talking to him about things. He's going to confront her completely. And if she lies hand her the divorce papers knocks on the door to go home you know opens the key to go in and the uh the door's locked you know pulls out you know said okay who why they locked the door pulls out the key bottom key didn't work oh my goodness who put the deadbolt on found his deadbolt all of a sudden she's at the door opens it up why is the deadbolt on well we had to slow you down sweetheart come on in surprise it was his 50th birthday party the people she was talking to were all his high school football friends. She actually put together a varsity jacket because he had lost his decades ago from the high school, had pictures up everywhere. His family was there, all that. In his right, home was the, in his right hand was the envelope from the 
attorney. Love you very much, hon. Big hugs, big kisses. You're the greatest thing ever. What's wrong? You look like you saw a ghost. Can you imagine? Why? Because of emergence. Because he wanted his opinion. He wanted this viewpoint validated. He was looking for evidence that validated this false opinion. And he found enough to spend money on a private investigator. And he found enough to have those divorce decrees written up. This is a true story, because I know this guy. He was a patient many years ago. Gave me great ideas about understanding the, the power of emergence and biased. So what's that mean for you and your healthcare? Take a step back, get many opinions. Before you try a new crazy diet, make sure other people have tried it and done well on it. Before you try a new vitamin, a new drug, get other information, ask for information. Yes, you can use the internet, but the internet is full of emergence. It's full of, you know, disinformation. I don't know if you want to rely on Dr. Google. Rely on common sense. And the best way to get common sense is to ask and use your whole tribe and your whole community around you to get information you need. And if it seems a little off, just do a little research yourself and understand that sometimes our own personal opinion are jaded by our own brain's ability to process things. And sometimes we dig in to validate our own points because our mind, which is created by our biological organ called the brain, is looking for continuity. And sometimes that continuity is false. And this has been another fact podcast.